You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern, solo for the final hour. And you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com, on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. And a little service announcement. Today is National Pancake Day. So if you haven't gotten over to IHOP yet, I suggest you go. You got four hours until 7 p.m. Eastern. Get your free stack. So uh, make sure you do that today. I already got mine. So get your pancakes today on National Pancake Day. And get your fantasy football, fantasy football information from ScoutFantasySports.com because we are just flooding the site with tons of great information that is going to help you be in contention for a fantasy baseball title this year. And if you use the promo code BATS50, you get 50% off your first two months. Don't expect that to be around much longer. So take advantage of it today. Uh, tons of content up. Sean Childs has his breakout pitcher of the year, uh, a high-stakes ADP movement, I uh, just posted a fantasy baseball infield sleeper article from Sean. I have an article on uh, five late-round value picks. Uh, my preseason pro picks are up, as well as Dr. Otto's and Sean's. We have an NFL free agency tracker off-season player movement with brief comments from each of us on a lot of the moves that will be continued to be updated. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums, whether it's you know auction strategy, keepers, draft strategy, trades, whatever it is. We are there to answer your questions and just check it out. You know, you can go to the site and look at the Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit and you'll see all the content that's there. It's loaded with quality information, and especially if maybe you feel like you're a little behind, you got started late. You know, here's a good opportunity to spend this week catching up, whether you're drafts this weekend or next weekend. Just kind of sit there, go through it, and my rankings are updated consistently. I finished second, according to Fantasy Pros last year, among experts in uh, accuracy for draft rankings. So uh, was also first at third, first at short. Uh, Scout was, uh, as a staff, was first at second base. So good stuff here. Sean Childs, obviously an NFBC Hall of Famer. So, you know, I really want you guys to win. And that's why I implore you guys to check it out. Uh, Just a lot of great content here. And we're going to continue to produce during the season with two-star pitchers, waiver wire pickups, and answering your questions. So we're here throughout the season to help you out. In addition, we have ScoutDFS.com, NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, and, of course, MLB upcoming as well, including optimizers and Slack chat leading up to lineup lock to help you make those tough decisions, especially tough nowadays in NBA with all the last-minute news. We'll preview the NBA DFS slate, seven games on the schedule. That'll be coming up in the final segment. In the next segment, Steve Renner, Scout DFS, will join me. We'll talk a little NHL uh, with him for tonight's slate and also talk some more NFL free agency moves with him as well. And you can also check out VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. And also uh, PlayFFWC.com as uh, still some time to get in a uh, league for fantasy baseball, where all you do is draft your team, 12 teams, 44 rounds, a uh, few spots left there. So you can head on over and sign up now, four-hour clock, slow draft, play FFWC.com. Well, let's take a look at some baseball news, as we did a lot of football in the first hour. We will do a little bit more football in the upcoming segment. But Kyle Seeger is going to miss some time. He's scheduled to have surgery today to repair a tendon in his left hand, and he'll be out at least one month. He hurt the hand diving for a ball on Friday and uh, Seager is coming off a bad year last year just hit 221 273 OVP with 22 home runs and wasn't great in 2017 so there were some people looking at him as a value late in drafts Uh, I wasn't taking him you know I like Jake Lamb better in that range so obviously you don't even need to draft him now Uh, Ryan Healy is expected to play third base now this is not great for the defense Uh, Seager is very good defensively Healy is not. So uh, for now, they plan to have Healy at third. I guess there's always the possibility that they could use Beckham there. Seems like J.P. Crawford is going to start the year to minor leagues, but maybe they decide to put him at short, Beckham at third. Uh, obviously, this will open up some playing time for a guy like, uh, well, I, and Carnacion and Bruce are going to play anyway, but now, you know, you put in Carnacion first, Bruce at DH. 
There has been talk about Daniel Vogelbach as well. He has played some first here in the spring, but I still think he's behind him. But the Seager injury could open up some more at-bats for him. I know I think it was the GM who was kind of raving about him recently. But either way, I think it just hurts the pitchers a little bit uh, if Healy is going to be consistently uh, on the defensive side. Uh, A couple of spring performances to take note of. One was today. Aaron Sanchez, four scoreless innings, allowed one walk, uh, and three strikeouts. And Sanchez is someone who is being buried in drafts right now, and he's been a disappointment, but he's essentially free. He doesn't cost you much. Took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational, so he allowed one hit today, and yeah, it is the spring. But I think with him, it's very important to see him on the mound and how he performs. He's still only 26 years old, and it was just a couple years ago that you know he had a, a great ERA, and he's had a couple years where he's had – Good ERAs. He had an ERA of three in 2016, uh, where he was uh, 15 and two, three two two ERA, and you know the strikeout numbers weren't great then. Uh, last year he just had a lot of problems, especially with the blisters, where he wasn't able to throw much. So uh, if he can get over these blister and finger issues, which it seems like he is right now, he's always had pretty good control outside of last year, and you know his pitch mix will also be interesting as well. But it seems like for now. He is healthy, and he's someone that late in drafts won't cost you much. And with pitchers like this, you know, you could see how they do the first few weeks of the season. And if there isn't a turnaround and he can't bring this good spring into the regular season, it's just easy to cut him and say, peace, let him go. But there's definitely – he's worth taking a shot on. Yes, the Blue Jays aren't great, and it's a tough division, but he has shown the ability in the past – uh, to limit the hard contact, get ground balls, and produce good numbers uh, at the major league level. I know it's been a couple years, but this is a guy that was throwing you know, 94 in the past with three pretty decent pitches. So he's a name to keep on your radar late in drafts because he is extremely cheap right now and uh, a nice start here for him here in the spring. Aaron Hicks received a cortisone shot in his lower back Yesterday, Hicks is optimistic that he can begin the season. He's even willing to maybe go in some minor league games to get some at-bats right before the start of the season to ensure he's ready. And, you know, this has been the one problem with Aaron Hicks is his inability to stay healthy and be durable. Hicks was a player I loved last year, probably the player that I owned the most. I do have him this year, not as much. I did take him in round eight of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, which is a 15-team league. And in that league, everyone was pushed up the draft board. There was really no value as it was the League of Champions. So everyone in that league won their league last year in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and it was a very tough room. Uh, Obviously, if Hicks can stay healthy, uh, I see a big season again. And 137 games last year was a career high. So I think we all expect Hicks to miss some time at some point during the season. But the skill set is really good, especially in on-base percentage leagues. He had a 15.5% walk rate last year. There's a good chance he hits leadoff most of the time, so that will obviously give him a nice boost in run scored. He had 90 last year at 137 games. That was hitting in the middle of the lineup. He has pop. He had 27 home runs last year, and he had 11 stolen bases. So this is a guy that can help across the board in one of the better offenses, but the injury risk is real for him. And, you know, I think there are several players, too, in that round that generally do have some injury risk. So it's kind of baked into the price of where you have to attain them. A battle for the Astros' fifth starting spot. Uh, Not really much of a battle this spring. And, you know, I wrote an article yesterday. This was before Brad Peacock took him out. Uh, He was one of the late-round values. To find out the other four, go to scoutfantasysports.com. That article is up there. Uh, But Peacock... You know, had a a good performance yesterday. Uh, He threw three scoreless innings. And in this spring so far, uh, he's pitched eight innings, allowed two unearned runs, four hits, a walk, and five strikeouts. Now, Peacock was good as a starter two years ago. Last year, primarily out of the bullpen. So he's competing for that fifth spot against Framber Valdez, who has not had a good spring and basically pitched himself out of a rotation spot. Uh, He pitched nine and a third innings this spring allowed five walks, 13 hits, and six runs. So, like, that, these are where the performances are important in the spring. It's guys battling for jobs, obviously. Their performance matters. Players coming off injury. Uh, players that we – pitchers, we want to see velocity. 
So there are things to pay attention to in the spring. Obviously, the regulars on the offensive side, it really doesn't matter what they do, especially if they have a job sewed up. But if you are battling for a rotation spot, a position, then, yeah, the spring matters because it's going to oftentimes determine whether you get that job, at least to begin the season. But Peacock was someone that uh, pitched well as a starter in 2017. He had a 3-2-2 ERA, a 1-2-2 whip, struck out 135 over 111 and two-thirds innings. So he's definitely someone that's been on my radar late in drafts. I think the price will climb a little bit. We know we want to invest in Houston Astros pitchers because it's a, a good staff, and we've seen they get the best out of everyone. Obviously, Josh James is a possibility to return to the rotation when he is ready. He's dealing with a quad injury, and they've already said he will not begin the year in the rotation. So I think you're going to see some shuffling there with the Astros. Last year, we really didn't see their starters get hurt. They were one of the few teams who were blessed with a healthy pitching staff. And this year, we know going in, it's Justin Verlander, there's Garrett Cole. But you might see shuffling the rest of the rotation. I do like Colin McHugh. He has been dealing with a back injury. He did pitch over the weekend. Uh, you got Brad Peacock, who obviously can excel out at the bullpen. Uh, Josh James, who could be in rotation. Forrest Whitley could be called up. Wade Miley, who's in the rotation to start the year. And with him, we'll really find out about the Astros and what they can do. And Miley was solid last year with Milwaukee, but taking him on. So there could be a lot of shuffling here uh, in that rotation as the year goes on. But it's always wise to get an investment in uh, the Astros pitching staff. So, you know, McHugh's a guy I'll look at. Peacock's a guy I'll look at. And I think I did take Wade, Wade Miley in the uh, fantasy baseball invitation. And that's a guy that, you know, I won't exhibit a lot of patience with. You know, I'll see how he looks early on. It was the reserve round. And we'll see, okay, will Houston work their magic again? Will they be able to get something out of him? And if they do, great. You know, you found someone for cheap. If not, again, it's an easy cut. You just hope when you do have him in your lineup that he doesn't blow up and mess up your ratios. It looks like the Astros are going to option Kyle Tucker to triple A. You know, there was some hope that he would make the opening day roster. But, you know, he hasn't really – he has nothing left to do in the minor leagues. I mean, the guy batted uh, 332 with a 400 OBP and 590 slugging in 100 games at triple A. So he'll be up at some point uh, for sure, uh, whether it's injury or just he crushes it in the minors and they say, okay, there's nothing left to see down here. We'll bring him up. So that's a, another name to pay attention to. Carlos Martinez, they're basically saying that, you know, he probably won't start in the rotation until May or June. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not back until that point. They might use him in the bullpen. But he's a player that I really just don't want to draft. I mean, he really has to fall far down the draft board. And I talked about this two weeks ago where I did a mock draft, and he fell round 23. I took him in that spot. I think it also depends on your league rules. You know, if you have a league with unlimited DL spots, then, yeah, you can take someone like that. He'll open the year on the DL. You just put him in a DL spot, and, you know, when he comes back, you'll obviously have to activate him, and you make the decision at that time. But if you're in a league with, like, five to seven reserves and there's no DL, it's really difficult to open your season with someone that you know is going to miss a month or two unless they're a big name. And, yes, Carlos Martinez is a name, but I think there's definitely some concerns with him going forward because we don't know – what the health is. Another guy who's really fallen down my draft board is Mike Fultonawich. Uh I didn't like him to begin with. Uh, I was loving when people were taking him, you know, fifth, sixth round because I just didn't like him in that spot. Uh, obviously, he's going to fall further now. He's not going to be ready for opening day as he's battling soreness in his pitching elbow. And, you know, who knows when he's going to return. So, that's a guy that I don't want to take a chance on. A lot of people look at the numbers last year. 285 ERA, 108 whip, 202 strikeouts. Uh, but there were definitely some fortunate numbers there for him. And I, I just don't think he is going to be uh, the same player uh, going forward. And especially now with this injury, it's going to drive his price down. And uh, uh, I, w- I was hoping that he would stay in that range because I liked when people took him. But it uh, looks like uh, you know at this point, He's going to fall pretty far, and you have to determine, okay, when is it too far? When is it a value? For me, probably just someone uh, I'm going to avoid. Uh, I'll give you a real dark horse candidate to close this year is Reyes Maranta from the Giants. Uh, He's got a real big arm. He was good last year except the walks, but that's something we've seen a pitcher can change. And if you look at that bullpen, you know, Will Smith's a good closer, but it seems like, They're not fully committed to him. 
And Mark Melanson is a guy that they paid a lot of money, but he struggled this spring as well. So this is a team that I don't expect to be very good. So I think Reyes Moranta, especially in an animal-only league, I would definitely get him at the end of a draft for a buck. I think right now, even in a 15-team league with 30 roster spots, he's not someone you need to draft at this point, but keep him on your radar. Definitely in animal-only leagues, I would put him in there because I think there's a chance at some point uh, that he gets to to close this year, and he's got a dynamic arm. So just keep that name uh, in the back of your your mind there. Um, Danny Jansen's had a good spring, although the price for him is, is starting to rise. I mean, if you look at the American League catcher pool, I mean, that's a guy that's probably going to be right near the top. So he was someone two months ago, maybe you got him at a decent price, but pretty much he's going to be drafted as a, a top 10 ta- uh, catcher now. Um, another performance that has kind of stuck out here is Sir Anthony Dominguez. He's been good in the spring so far. Five and a third innings. He struck out five and allowed one run, one walk. That's the biggest thing for him, too. Uh, they have not made it clear what they want to do in Philadelphia as far as the closer position. You would think it would be David Robertson, but Cave Kapler is known to use his best guy in critical situations. So it could be the seventh inning, second and third two out. He might decide, you know what, I'm going to bring Robertson here to get through this and then let Robertson pitch in the eighth and then maybe go to the Dominguez in the ninth. Or even a guy like, you know, Hector Neris, who obviously was terrible last year but did bounce back a little bit. You know, maybe he's uh, in the conversation as well. So... It's a situation that we're going to see a lot this year. And also, Alex Reyes is competing to make the Cardinals as a reliever, not a starter. So he could start at some point this year. But if you've been taking him in the 12th, 13th round, it's time to push him down the draft board because he won't begin the year in the starting rotation. When we return, I'll be joined by Steve Renner, Scout DFS. We'll talk a little NHL DFS with him as well as NFL free agency. That's ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check us out, scoutfantasysports.com, for all your fantasy baseball needs. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is flooded with a lot of excellent content that's going to put you in contention for a fantasy baseball title. Just use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. Also, Scout DFS, and speaking of Scout DFS, it is Steve Renner, a big part of that over there, joins us. He's going to talk a little NHL for the slate tonight, as well as some NFL free agency. Steve, what's up? How's it going, Adam? Pretty good, man. Busy time of year. you got a bunch of fantasy baseball drafts this weekend, NFL free agency, and of course, uh, have to make some time for DFS. For you, it's NHL. For me, it's NBA. we got an eight-game slate tonight, so... Uh, how is the slate shaping up? Is this one uh, that you like tonight? Uh, feeling good about it? Yeah, it's a good one. I like that there's only eight games. Usually on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we've gotten you know some like twelve game slates, which can get a little out of hand. But it, it's a pretty good slate. And hockey in general, I will say, scoring has has been down a little bit recently, um, actually to its lowest level since really the start of the season. But tonight, it, it sets up pretty well. There's um, you know, we're at the point of the year now where I think we have to really focus on which teams are, are playing for playoff positioning and which teams are, are kind of done in their matchups tonight. And across the games, we have two that really stand out as, as kind of the, the chalk teams that I'd go to tonight because they've got um, really some weighted matchups in their favor. One is uh, Montreal and the other is, is Calgary. But then, you know, really outside of that, uh, a lot of the other games should be fairly competitive tonight. So it, it's a good slate overall. Do you think uh, Montreal and Calgary will be two popular teams that a lot of people are looking at? Calgary will be extremely popular. They're they're playing the Devils and, and Calgary's at home. They should um, really have have no trouble with the Devils. And the interesting thing on Calgary tonight is that uh, I, I like their second line, and their second line just went off on on Sunday night. So it'd be interesting to see where people go there. I think that uh, Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau are, are probably the the two highest on plays there, but. The, the three M's, as, as we call them, um, 
Backlund, Kachuk, and Froelich uh, are are cheaper and have done really well at home. Backlund, in particular, I wrote him up today, uh, has some pretty heavy home road splits coming off a good game over the weekend. So Calgary's just much deeper and much better than the Devils, um, who basically have a, a minor league team playing right now and going on the road is a tough spot. So I think Calgary will be the highest owned, but Montreal um, at home against Detroit, who's playing without their best player uh, and Dylan Larkin up front. Uh, Montreal really needs this win, and Brendan Gallagher has just destroyed Detroit in, in over the last couple seasons. He's got seven goals, or excuse me, goals in seven straight games against them, including two multi-goal uh, games. So his line with the note and uh, Thomas Tatar uh, going back up against Detroit is actually my line lock tonight, and that's where I would start um, overall in this slate. Who is a, a sneaky play tonight, a team to stack that could be under the radar? I think Winnipeg is, and one thing that we'd like to pick on from time to time is teams that are tired, and San Jose today is one of the couple teams tonight who's playing their third game in four nights and second straight back-to-back on the road, and they're going to be rolling out their backup goalie, uh, Aaron Dell, tonight. So Winnipeg back at home against the Sharks uh, is in, I think, a, a really smash spot, and I don't think a lot of people are going to pay for them just because you've got Calgary and Montreal in such good spots, but... The you, the Wheeler, Shifley, and, um, and and Line A line at the top four for Winnipeg is about as good as they come. And Line A is something that I, I certainly have in my lineup now as a, as a one-off. But, um, you know, if you can afford Blake Wheeler, he's he's had a good history against NSA, and he's been really hot of late, had a four-goal game last week. So Winnipeg is, is probably the team that that is flying under the radar. The other one, though, is Nashville, um, a team that had a lot of high expectations coming into the season. They've been banged up quite a bit. Uh, we picked on them on Saturday night. I, I had uh, our guy who was down in D.C. for the live final. We went after them with the goalie, and, and it worked out pretty well. But I think Nashville's in a get-right spot tonight in Anaheim and will probably come in fairly low-owned just because people are going to see how poorly they played, and it's got a low total, and I think it comes in under the radar. Talking to Steve Renner, Scout DFS, looking at the night in NHL DFS. Uh, who are the goalies that you're looking to target tonight? Well, there's a few that, that really stand out as easy wins. Jordan Bennington for the Blues. They they also have a, a soft matchup against Arizona. Should be a, a slow-paced game, low-scoring. I think he's going to be pretty popular. And then Ben Bishop for Dallas going up against Buffalo, who will be without Jack Eichel, uh, without a doubt, their, their best player. So those are probably your two safest for the wins. But uh, – my Caps are playing the Penguins. It's always a heated rivalry game, and I think people always look for it, uh, look to that matchup for offense. But uh, they have played a couple lower scoring games this year, and both Matt Murray and Braden Holpe have played really well over the past couple of weeks. So I actually think if you want to go sneaky, um, you could go to that game where both are going to see an increase in, in shots on goal, but both have been playing well lately. So those are kind of the, the two under-the-radar ones, but really – I think Bishop and, and Bennington are, are going to eat up a lot of the ownership tonight because they're, they're pretty safe plays for the wins. And in NHL DFS, you get those three points for the win on, on DraftKings. It, that's pretty safe. That's about as safe as you can get for goalies. How about on the defense side? Who are the defensemen that you are considering uh, either good targets, values, or under-the-radar plays for tonight? So the best overall uh, would be Mark Giordano and Roman Josie, uh, Gio for Calgary and, and Josie for, for Nashville. Um, I think if you wanted to go full Winnipeg stack and, and completely pay up there, Jacob Truba is seeing a lot of ice time there. Uh, they've been banged up on defense. But uh, overall for value, Zach Berinsky for Columbus is someone I wrote up today. He's down to $4,000. It's not a great matchup against Boston, uh, but Columbus is a team that also you know came out the other night and just looked uh, horrific against the Islanders. Uh, he's too cheap at that spot. Uh, I mentioned the Caps game as, as probably being low scoring, but someone like Matt Niskanen or, or Justin Schultz um, are, are good value plays. And then, you know, you go back to if you're looking for value defensemen in hockey, if you got a team that's, that's really popular on the skaters, um, you know, Calgary, TJ Brody is, is someone that doesn't see enough power play time anymore, but does uh, is back up on the top defensive unit, it looks like so. Uh, I think 3700 is his current price. He's a really good value play tonight for, for Calgary. And I know you like to stack the line, so you're kind of looking for those one-offs. So who are a couple that stand out tonight? Uh, the Blues is where I go. Braden Chen as a, as a one-off winger. Um, uh, Jakob Silverberg for uh, Anaheim is, is a good spot too. But um, I, 
I'm going to be a little bit of homer and go back to Evgeny Kuznetsov because he had the game winner against the Penguins in the playoffs last year, and I feel like he will get one tonight uh, for Washington. So if you if you want to pay up there, but but really I would I would go to the the St. Louis Blues um, and their top line either Ryan O'Reilly or, or Braden Chen. Also wanted to talk some NFL free agency with you. Know you're a Saints fan, so we'll start off looking at the Saints as they sign Latavius Murray to a deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on Murray coming over and essentially replacing Mark Ingram? What do you think his value is there, and are you happy with the signing? Well, I'm disappointed that Ingram is moving on. Um, you know, he's he actually had a great career for the Saints, and, and certainly his chemistry on the team um, was, was excellent. But, I mean, he's going to get – Looks like seven to eight million potentially, and on a business move for a team that has to pay Michael Thomas in a year, they need that money. Um, Murray, you know, I if it's one year Adam, I think Murray fits fine. He's a big back. He, he and the Saints have always had two to three running backs. I think he'll complement Kamara more, even though this really signals to Kamara taking that full lead role. I just I don't see any way that he plays that fourth year of this contract. And and maybe it's – I don't know what's going on in the NFL now, and there's a lot of money being spent. But I'm seeing guys like him, and then I saw the Cole Beasley got four years as well, and I just look at it and I'm thinking, do these GMs know that in four years we're either going to have like a work stoppage or they're going to be able to somehow get out of these contracts a lot easier? Because Murray's 29, and I just don't see him lasting for four years there. So on a short-term one-year – I think it's fine. I think he'll fit in well. He gives them a big back, probably the biggest back that they've had since Deuce McAllister. Um, and you think back to him, McAllister and Richie Bush had a pretty good one-two punch. But I don't hate the move because uh, I understand, you know, Ingram was going to have to go. I just hate the, the four years on it. And, and hopefully that doesn't become a big deal. Um, but it's more that, you know, we're going to miss Mark Ingram more than anything else. Yeah, and look, the Saints produced fantasy running backs. You know, Kamara last year did not get 200 carries, but was still very good. And they have one of the better offensive lines. You look at what their running backs produce for fantasy. They're always, what, top two, top three. So even if you're not the biggest fan of Murray, he's going to produce in this offense. He is. The only thing is he doesn't catch the ball a ton. And that's one thing that I thought Ingram was very underrated that was even the screen game. Um, and, and Kamara is still going to get used, I think, in the passing game. And Sean Payton has always been, if you go back to his days as an offensive coordinator, even with the Giants, you know, almost 20 years ago, he, he doesn't try to bury one running back into the ground. He likes to split it and rotate around and keep guys fresh. So, yeah, Murray's going to see the ball, I think, a decent amount. But he doesn't have... He doesn't have the pass-catching upside, and, and I wonder if, if we see whether it's a Dwayne Washington or, or even someone else kind of fit in, even as a third running back into the system. Um, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people hate on Taysom Hill, and I'm his biggest fan. I just hope in fantasy that one of the even seasonal sites or even the daily sites decide, you know what, he's not a quarterback, he's a tight end, or heck, put him at running back under here, but put him at tight end so that he actually has – some fantasy value uh, for us because news alert, he's not going away next year. Um, not by any stretch of the imagination. And how about Teddy Bridgewater electing to stay with the saints? I think it's a great move. Um, you look at the saints, they traded away a third to get Bridgewater. They traded away the fourth and got Eli Apple. And those are panning out. And Teddy, you know, this, this probably solidifies that breeze will walk away after this year. And, you know, Bridgewater, I think Adam, if you, if you can get, at least a quarterback who is, you know, average to above average, then, then you have a, a shot in this league. And you see so many teams continually that, you know, they take a shot on a rookie quarterback and then it doesn't pan out. And they spend, you know, five to ten years. I mean, look at the Redskins, for example. It seems like every other year they're trading for somebody. So locking up Bridgewater, who, yeah, he may not be elite, but he, he's going to be good enough. He's going to be able to fit the system. I, I, I love the deal, and I haven't seen the numbers on it, but I, I, it sounds like it's not going to break the bank on them. And so uh, that, that's going to be really important, and he's, he'll be 27 probably by the time he, he takes over for Breeze. So, yeah, no complaints there. I think that's going to set him up good long term. Talking to Steve Renner, Scout DFS, talking some NFL free agency and trades. Obviously, over the weekend, the big story, Antonio Brown dealt to Oakland. Uh, well, how do you – think this affects his fantasy value is he still a first round pick is he someone that goes in the second round obviously it's a big shift in offense but not much competition there so how do you think this affects Antonio Brown from a fantasy perspective my immediate thought is that John Gruden 
you would think he's going to come out and say, you know what, we're going to we're going to throw the ball to Antonio Brown as as much as we possibly can, and they're, they're not going to try to be cute and overthink this. They're going to feed him a ton. So I don't think his value takes a a huge hit. Certainly, the quarterback drop off is there. Although Carr did seem to play better as as time went on under Gruden last year, and the offense definitely isn't as good as the, as the Steelers, but. I just I, I get the feeling like he's going to see the ball a ton. Um, now, if I'm in a dynasty league, I am hopefully trying to trade Brown as quickly as I can because I think it's going to be one really good year, and then it's going to quickly start to, to drop off after that. But looking ahead of the draft at this stage, I, I think Antonio Brown is still a, he's the top three wide receiver in the game. I would rank him up there with, Hopkins, and if I'm being a homer, obviously Michael Thomas. Um, you can make a case certainly for for Julio Jones as well. But um, you know, those he, he's still up there in my opinion. I don't think he's going to take too much of a hit just because I would think Gruden's going to say, you know what, we're going to force him the ball as much as we have to this year. They, they've got nothing to lose. John Brown signs with the Bills. We saw flashes from him last year, but obviously once Lamar Jackson came in, those numbers took a dip. How's the fit for Brown in Buffalo? Well. I think the bigger question in Buffalo is what are what are they doing with their running backs? Um, you know the the Frank Gore and, and just and that mess. I, Allen, uh, Josh Allen, I think will would, would obviously make sense with with Brown. Um, he'll be able to get the ball downfield to him. I'm not overly excited about that and, and the situation with the Bills. I did like Allen late in the year in, in DFS quite a bit because of his um, his ability. It seemed every week to to rush one in. Um, but I'm not the wide receivers moving teams and free agency just for the most part, uh, with the exception of obviously Antonio Brown being the best in the game. It, it doesn't doesn't move the needle for me too much. So I'm a little cautiously optimistic on that spot. But the the bigger concern is just you know who's going to run the football for them because it, it feels like if you're if you're over the age of 30, then then they love you. If you're not, then that you're not part of their system. And that's just it's interesting. We'll see if that works out for them. Yeah, I think they're trying to set a record for the oldest backfield. So maybe they add uh, another veteran uh, to keep that yeah, age yeah. Uh, very high in that backfield. Devin Funches uh, goes to the Colts uh, with Andrew Luck throwing him the, uh, the ball. Now, they obviously, I think, needed another receiver or two. Uh, could this be a good spot for him, or you think they do something else and he just won't get the volume there? I just don't think Devin Funches is that good. Um I will say, look, this is clearly the best quarterback he's ever gonna uh, that he's ever played with in Luck, um, and, and Luck has, has always loved throwing to his tight ends. And, and you figure someone like Funches with with a big body uh, will be a good red zone threat. But that's a team. That's another team that seems to really be trending in the direction of having a lot of targets that they can involve, uh, including you know we saw last year their running backs. I think Indy ranked at the very top in terms of running back usage. Um, in even in the passing game. And so that's the spot where someone like Funches, if you're in a touchdown-only league going to forward next year, I think you could see a, a spike there. But, I, you know, if, if you fail at multiple spots eventually in this league, we, we have to sign you off as, as just being a, uh, a good guy who looks uh, – a guy who looks good maybe in camp or on paper but doesn't produce on Sundays. Can Nick Foles be productive in Jacksonville, or was he a product of the Philadelphia offense? That's a good question. Um, I don't think he can be productive there. And, and look, he can't be productive at him for, for fantasy. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still going to be a, round, a ground first play defense team. And, you know, Foles, we certainly saw he came out. He was good at being able to make that first read in Philly. Um, if, if he got you're able to get pressure on him and take away that first one, uh, you know, then he started to struggle, and his success was always that he was able to get the ball out really quick, hit that first read, and I just think that Jacksonville doesn't have enough weapons around him to make him successful in terms of fantasy. I think for just talking straight football, I think he'll he'll fit in fine. Um, but I, you know, fantasy value at quarterback position, I we're not, he's not even going to be on the radar for me at all. Any other signings that caught your eye at all, at all that you like? Not a lot. I mean, the, the big thing I try to look for is on the, the defensive side and who, who can improve uh, on the O-line. And certainly we saw the Raiders made a, a big move there too. But uh, I'm waiting to see where the chips fall with Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, it, it seems like everyone is, is throwing out there that they're involved. And, and that's going to be, to me, I think that that's going to have a trickle-down effect because wherever Le'Veon ends up, 
I think that his quarterback is someone that we have to look into just because of, of how versatile he is, um, not only as, certainly as a running back, but as, as, a, as a pass catcher. And having someone that you can just dump the ball off to underneath um, and, and do a lot of work off that, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. So whether it's, whether it's the Jets or um, even I heard now the Ravens potentially involved, which that probably would be one weird spot given uh, their quarterback situation with Lamar Jackson. But um, that's, he's the guy I'm, I'm really waiting to see right now in terms All of, right. of fantasy. All right, Steve, we appreciate the time. Good luck tonight. We'll talk to you soon. That is Steve Renner, Scout DFS, back with the night in NBA DFS here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can always check out the show on demand if you can't listen live anytime you want. And check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Lots of articles on sleepers, breakout players, team previews. We've got it all. All the information that you need. ADP movement in the high-stakes market. And I'm updating my rankings daily throughout the day at all times of the day. So just make sure you print out your cheat sheet right before your draft. Don't do it today. There will be updates if you're drafting this weekend. Uh, as news change and roles are being determined. Uh, finished number two in Fantasy Pro's draft accuracy rankings last year. So you can get access to those rankings by heading on over to ScoutFantasySports.com. Become a member and enter the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. Swing for the fences this daily fantasy baseball season with DailyRoto.com. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel, DailyRoto will help you hit your first home run as the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package is now live. A lineup alerts and weather updates, they have you covered. Fantasy projections, they have you covered. Lineup optimizers to compete with the pros, yeah, they have you covered there too. Save 10% on winning MLB DFS advice with an early bird special using promo code FNTSY. That's the 2019 MOB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNDSY and get your 10% early bird discount today. Time to take a look at the night in NBA DFS. And we are at that portion of the year where it can be pretty crazy. And we have a lot of last-minute scratchers, guys being rested. I mean, yesterday with the Hornets, uh, we found out, it seemed like to me after lineup lock, that Nicholas Batum was out with an eye injury. They were already shorthanded in Charlotte. So uh, you got to pay attention all the way up to lineup lock. This is just kind of overview of blueprint. We're still three hours away from tip-off, so a lot can change. So keep that in mind. Uh, I don't want you to say, oh, you told me this, and then this happened. It's just an early look at the slate, uh, and a lot can change between now and lineup lock. Pacers host the Knicks, 7 p.m. Eastern. Pacers favored by 12. Vegas total 209.5. Uh, for the Knicks, it's pretty much the same old story. I mean, I really don't play anyone from the Knicks anymore. They clearly are tanking, worst record in basketball. Their rotations are very difficult to predict. And Indiana is a pretty good defensive team. So I really don't see anyone that you have to play on the Knicks right now. Uh, no one's really going to sit out. So really don't love anyone here for the Knicks. So this is a team that I am going to avoid tonight. For the Pacers, uh the question here is, can the Knicks keep this game close? They actually have been competitive lately, but those are against some inferior opponents. Uh, the Pacers obviously battling for seeding in the Eastern Conference have played very well without Victor Oladipo. Uh, and I'm not sure that the Knicks can keep this game close. I think there's a good shot that Indiana takes control, blows them out. Uh, they've been playing some tough competition lately. Uh, I really don't love anyone on this team either. So the one guy that I would consider in tournaments is Miles Turner because he could easily block five, six shots. But I don't see the need to go there tonight. So uh, not a very appealing game there for um, the first game of the night. So uh, definitely uh, not really looking at that game too much. 
Cleveland is at Philadelphia, and this is another game with a very high spread. The uh, Sixers favored by 14. Vegas total is 223 for the Cavaliers. Kevin Love will not play. They will rest him on a back-to-back. He's been playing very well. Had another good game yesterday. Marquise Chris likely to get suspended, so not sure if he's going to play. He had a uh, little altercation with Serge Ibaka. He should get suspended as well as he uh, went after him and threw some punches. So there's video of that. Pretty ugly there. Tristan Thompson is doubtful. Larry Nance, who didn't play yesterday with a chest injury, is questionable. So a lot of moving parts here. But Anthony Zizek played very well yesterday. He's only $10 on Yahoo. So I think you could play him. And even uh, on the other sites, 37 on DraftKings, 44 on Vandal. Now, uh, certainly if Larry Nance is out, you could pretty much pencil in the minutes. Uh, but it uh, looks like Larry Nance is... Going to be the decision here uh, that we have to figure out. But either way, I think Zizek's going to play with Kevin Love out. So I think he's in play. Seti Osman's a guy that I've talked a lot about. Unfortunately, I didn't use him yesterday. But there'll be big minutes for him. So I think you could use him in tournaments. Uh, even if it's a blowout, he should play 30-plus minutes, 52 on DK, 15 on Fandle. I don't, I don't think he's a, a core play at all. But uh, if you are playing multiple lineups, I think you take a look at him. And Colin Sexton uh, played two good games in a row. Had a good game yesterday. I almost played him in my Yahoo lineup, and I was just like, ah, I just can't. But, you know, he's going to get the time, uh, and he is pretty cheap. So uh, especially if uh, Della Vadova is out, Sexton should play minutes in the 30s. He's 49 on DK, 54 in Fandle. Again, not a real core play, but just uh, someone to keep in mind. For the Sixers, Jimmy Butler is out. He's going to rest. Uh, so it's just trying to figure out, okay, who gets the uptick here. Uh Little, I guess you got to worry about the game staying competitive. So, uh, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid all get a little bit of an increase, but I really don't think I'm playing any of the Sixers tonight. Maybe Joel Embiid, but you got to wonder, you know, they're going to be cautious with him and how many minutes does he play? You know, they have to be real careful. So, if they're up big, how much does he play in the second half? So, he is costly. So I probably won't spend up there. I guess if I'm targeting one, it would be Tobias Harris. 75 on DK, 74 on Fanduel, But probably not going to have too much exposure to the Sixers tonight unless someone else is ruled out on that team. The Lakers are in Chicago to take on the Bulls. 8 p.m. Eastern. Lakers are favored by one. Vegas totals 225. It looks like Kyle Kuzma is going to play. He's listed as probable. Lance Stevenson and Tyson Chandler are questionable. Obviously, the Lakers have pretty much said, we're out, and they pretty much are. They are going to reduce the minutes of LeBron James, so really tough to rely on him. You know, Rajon Rondo, it's all about minutes. So the Lakers, I mean, you could look at some of the guys in GPP. I think Mortiz Wagner, obviously, we saw him have a really good game the other day. Too much money on Fanduel at 5. But on DraftKings, he's 33. So I think you can consider him in tournaments because uh, he should get the minutes. Uh, Kuzma, obviously, is someone in play if he's healthy, but probably not going to go there. Uh, so I think Rondo in tournaments because he is boomer bust. And Wagner, the last two games, has played 27 and 34 minutes. So on DraftKings at 3,300, certainly someone you could look at for sure. For the Bulls, Zach Levine will not play, uh, so uh, it's a good matchup, though, against the Lakers. I mean, they're terrible defensively. They have a lot of players that they haven't been using, so I think you want to have some exposure to the Bulls. I like Otto Porter. He's 64 in DK, 75 on FanDuel. I think Larry Markkinen bounces back. He's really struggled lately, and I don't think a lot of people are going to own him in this. Um, now, I think that you know he could be low-owned, and he, he could potentially go off. 82 on DK, 83 on Fandle. I don't think he's one of my primary plays, but I think in tournaments you might get him at a lower ownership, and it's a really good matchup. Now, Chris Dunn hasn't been good, uh, but it is a good matchup here, and you know he'll see more uh, minutes with uh, Zach Levine out. He'll have the ball in his hand a little bit more. We know Levine has the ball a lot, so I think Dunn is in play, 52 on DK, 59 on Fandle. And Robin Lopez, to me, he's been very good, and no one ever used him. They're terrible uh, against centers. He His price has gone up a little bit, 57 on DK, 55 on Fandle. So, to me, he's one of those guys, oh, okay, you fill out your lineup, but what do you have left? And if there's room for Lopez, yeah, he's an option. You can get him in there because uh, not a lot of people play him, and he's been productive. Milwaukee takes on the Pelicans on the road, 8 p.m. Eastern. Bucks favored by 10. Vegas total 235 and a half. Bucks pretty much playing everyone. I 
don't think they'll rest anyone. Obviously, Giannis always in play. He's 11-5 on DK, 12 on Fandle. Uh, the question here is, can they keep the game close? Um, should be a high-paced game. And the Bucks uh, have the highest implied total on the board. So uh, he's very expensive. Um, and if the game stays close, Giannis will explode. But I don't think you have to go there. And pretty much when they're healthy, I really don't play anyone else on this team. Maybe Brooke Lopez, but really uh, no one else. For the Pelicans, obviously Drew Holiday's out. Etwan Moore is out. Anthony Davis on that minutes limit. So I think Alfred Payton's in play. 65 on DK7 on FanDuel. Obviously, it's not the greatest matchup against Eric Bledsoe. Frank Jackson has been pretty good lately. Uh I don't think you have to play him. He's 51 on DK, 5 on FanDuel, more of a tournament play. I think Julius Randle uh, is in play as well. He's been playing very good, but he is expensive. Uh, Kenrick Williams also in play, uh, 5,000 on DK, 55 on FanDuel, so in tournament plays. Anthony Davis, look, he can easily crush value, but it's hard to play someone when you know they're going to play 20, 22 minutes. I know he's 68 on DK, 76 on FanDuel, but, uh, you know, what if he doesn't reach the ceiling? Uh, so it's hard for me to play a guy who I know is only going to play about 20 minutes. Spurs are in Dallas to play take on the Mavericks 8 p.m. Eastern. Spurs favored by five. Vegas total 227.5. Rudy Gay remains out for the Spurs. Uh, Derek White's been playing very well lately. I know he had a bad game mixed in there. But, uh, you know, there's really good guards on the slate tonight. But he's been playing tournaments. 65 DK, 63 on FanDuel. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's 8,900 on both sites. So, uh, you know, he obviously sees a little bit more with Rudy Gay off the floor. Uh, Davis Bertans, I think, is an interesting value play in tournaments. He's 33 on DK and 36 on FanDuel. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan, you, could, you can go to in tournaments. 84 DK, 89 on FanDuel. Uh, but I'm probably not going that way tonight. For Dallas, the question is Luka Doncic. He is listed as questionable. Mavericks have been struggling lately. Uh, they have one win in their last 10 games, and uh, Doncic got hurt on Sunday. He did finish the game but did not look 100%. Uh, so if he plays, you can use him. Uh, check on his health. DK, nice price there, 88, more expensive on FanDuel at 10-1. If Doncic is out, I think uh, Jalen Brunson obviously gets an uptick, 5 on DK, 54 on FanDuel, even cheaper on Yahoo. Uh, Dwight Powell's played very well lately, but the price has gone up. I, I can't pay that price anymore. 63 on DK, 7 on FanDuel. Uh, and Maxi Kleber, I think, would be in play uh, as well. Um, you know, he's much cheaper, and uh, he's uh, produced a little bit lately. 35 on DK, 41 on FanDuel. So that's a guy that you can look at to save some money if you want to go that route. Minnesota is in Denver tonight to take on the Nuggets. Uh 10 points is the spread. Denver obviously favored at home. Vegas totals 227. And we have a lot of question marks with the Timberwolves right now that is really going to probably shape this slate. Unfortunately, that game is 10 p.m. Eastern. Let's just hope that we get some of the news early. We might not get it before the initial lineup block, but if you play on a site with late swap like Yahoo and DraftKings, you might want to leave some availability. We know uh, Luel Deng is still out. Andrew Wiggins is questionable. And Carl Anthony Towns... It uh, looks like he's going to play. He's upgraded to probable, so it looks like he's going to play. Uh, but also, Jeff Teague is listed as questionable. He's been dealing with left foot inflammation. Derek Rose is also listed as questionable. He is dealing with right elbow soreness, and he only played eight games in the last uh, game he was on the court. And Andrew Wiggins is questionable with the quad, so we could have a lot of value here tonight in Minnesota. Tyus Jones, if both those point guards are out, he comes into play. Bates Diop would be in a play if a couple of these guys miss. So the Timberwolves are a really important team here uh, to pay attention to uh, tonight as far as tonight's slate is. Uh, obviously, if Towns is out, you know, Taj Gibson is in play. But it looks like Towns is going to play. So if Teague is out, Tyus Jones, if especially if Rose is out too, then Tyus Jones would become a good play. 37 on DK, 38 on Fandle. Uh, if Teague is out, Denver, they're pretty much healthy. And then if Minnesota is missing several guys, you have to worry how competitive can this game stay? Uh, obviously, the Nuggets still won't play for the top seed, although they lost to the Warriors the other day, and then the Warriors go out and lose to the Suns. 
So, you know, all the Nuggets are in play. The problem is with everyone healthy, it's they kind of really hurt each other. I do like Gary Harris. He's coming off a, a bad game. I think a lot of people used him uh, against the Warriors, and he disappointed. I think he's still only 12, 13 bucks on Yahoo, so I plan to use him there. He's 4 DK48 on FanDuel, and I think a lot of people have soured on him because the other day, uh, Nikola Jokic always in play in tournaments, so I don't think you need to go there and cash tonight. 10 on DK, 10-9 on FanDuel. So, you know, a lot of these guys are, are in good spots. It's just that it could be spread out, and if Minnesota's shorthanded, the game could uh, turn into a little bit of a blowout, and they're all kind of priced appropriately. Final game of the night, Trailblazers in L.A. to take on the Clippers. Clippers just thrashed the Celtics last night. I mean, the Clippers are a team that basically gave up at the trade deadline, traded Tobias Harris, and we're basically rebuilding. And it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. They've been playing great basketball. Uh, Blazers are favored by two. Vegas total is 233 in this one. Evan Turner and Rodney Hood are both listed as questionable tonight. Um, Damian Lillard is going to go against Patrick Beverly, who's done a really good job lately of locking people down. Obviously, we saw his battle with Paul George last week. So, uh, I don't think uh, you have to go to Lillard tonight. You can always use him in tournaments, but he's expensive. 92 on DK, 97 on FanDuel. I like Yusuf Nurkic, especially on DraftKings. Really good matchup for him. Uh, he's been playing well, and obviously we like to uh, go with bigs against the Clippers. So uh, I like him on DraftKings at 7,100. FanDuel more of a tournament play at 9,000, but DraftKings, that price is really nice. And uh, Maurice Harkless could be in play. It's really going to depend on... Rodney Hood at Evan Turner. I know Harkless hasn't been great lately. I have him in a season-long league. Actually, no, I dropped him. I think they have uh, – I dropped him for a free agent. But I, I did pick him up two weeks ago, and he was playing well. He's playing 30 minutes. He's been cheap on uh, Yahoo, too. So if one of those guys are out, you could see big minutes tonight in a good matchup. But there is risk there. They did take him out of the game last time. But if Rodney Hood is out, that will open up more minutes for Harkless, who's 45 DK, 52 on Fanduel. CJ McCollum I never use, but he's capable of going off, and he's pretty cheap. So it's a good matchup, 66 DK, 76 on Fanduel. He could benefit with Beverly on Lillard. For the Clippers, Lou Williams in tournaments, man, all the time. He went off yesterday. Uh, he's always a good tournament play because uh, he could go off. Um, but I think this is a, a game that will be pretty competitive, and you'll see the minutes there for him tonight. Uh, Danilo Gallinari's played very well. It is a back-to-back, -back, uh, so that's the one concern. Uh, 67 on DK, 73 on Fanduel. He really doesn't have huge upside, uh, but he can definitely produce. He's been good. And um, Zubak is only 41 on DK, and he's been playing better lately. He's 54 on Fanduel. I wouldn't use him there, but I think you could consider him on DK in this spot. Uh, the rest of the Clippers kind of spread it out there. So. Pretty good slate for tonight with the seven games. The Minnesota news is really going to be important, unfortunately. On a site with early lineup lock, you might not have that news, and you're going to have to take some risks. So hopefully more comes out in the next few hours to give you a better idea of where to go. And you could go to scoutdfs.com, use the optimizer, and refresh, refresh as soon as news breaks, and it uh, immediately kind of reflects. Um, and you can... Good in our Slack chat right before lineup block for advice. Also, check us out, scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. It's crunch time in fantasy baseball drafts. It's not too late. Join us now. Get all the information. Use my rankings as well. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a good day.